Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Firm Manager, an entirely web-based secure practice management application from LexisNexis that lets you take your office with you wherever you go. Check it out at myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Hi, I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and I'm delighted to welcome you to our June edition of Law Technology Now. Uh, A a nice shout-out to Firm Manager from LexisNexis, our sponsor. And we have a great guest today, which is the delightful Tam Harbert. Am I pronouncing it right, Tam? Yes, you are. And terrific. And uh, Tam, tell the audience a little bit about the work you do based in Washington, D.C. Okay, thanks, Monica. Um, I, I'm a freelance journalist. Um, I, I cover technology and business and some public policy. Um, I've been freelancing for about six years now, but before that I worked for several high-tech publications um, in staff and editorial uh, positions. Well, we're absolutely thrilled to have you join our LTN family, and you are doing your first article for LTN in our June issue, which is Catch Me If You Can. We took a look at the aftermath of the um, a very, very, very hot issue about Matthew Kluger, who was a mergers and acquisition attorney who got himself arrested with two cohorts for insider training. And what's had the legal community absolutely abuzz is the fact that uh, Mr. Kluger was working before he was busted at uh, these small little minor firms like Wilson Sonsini, Scadden Arps, and uh, Cravath Swain. So um, he he was at the premier firms, the right at the very top of the AMLAW lists, and um, it's been quite. Sh- there's been a lot of shock waves through the community. Um, Tam, tell us a little bit. We're going to get into the lessons learned, but set it up for us a little bit on what they were ended up being charged with and what they did. Well, apparently they were charged both, you know, criminally by the U.S. Attorney's Office and, and, uh, civil charges were filed by the Securities and Exchange Commission, um, I think within a day of each other. Um, and, uh, they had, it was really cloak and dagger type of stuff that they had, uh, taped, you know, or, or wiretapped their cell phones and, uh, there's some really intriguing reading in some of the charges, but they, and apparently uh, Matthew Kluger was in the law firm. He was look, he's an MA attorney. And he had been um, both on deals he was working on in the first two firms he worked at. He was um, stealing information and feeding it to uh, this um, man who was only identified as CC1 originally, but he turned out to be a mortgage broker uh, in Long Island, I believe. And then that person was, you know, feeding it, feeding it to a trader on Wall Street and who was trading on it. And they were all sort of, you know, splitting the proceeds uh, at Wilson Sonsini. Kluger actually um, was a little bit more cautious in that he was dealing in information that in firms or M&A deals that he, he was not involved in, but he would get information from the firm's document management system um, on other deals. And, and I think it's important that, you know, Wilson Sonsini is like 
one of the biggest firms that handles technology M&A deals out there. And so he was getting information on some very, very important tech mergers. And of course, we have to say, because I'm a lawyer, all of this is alleged. And we all know that everybody's innocent until proven guilty. But let's dive into more what they supposedly did. One of the most, uh, this, this situation has, of course, created like, unbelievable paranoia among all the firms and to the point where a lot of folks who we would normally go to speak with would not even comment on the record because they either had relationships with the firms or they were worried that that they have to talk about what was going on in their own firm. So it was an interesting um, story to research. One of the things that was particularly intriguing and and caught the interest of a lot of folks was supposedly, according to the charges, the, the, the participants were, um, it was straight out of an I Spy movie. They were tossing throwaway phones. They even threatened to burn, I think it was $175,000 of cash because they were worried about their fingerprints being on it. Right. Uh, it was, it was straight out of a bad movie. Um, <laughs> This being said, and and now they're going to go to trial, and we'll we'll find out what the courts say and whether they indeed are are either uh, found innocent or guilty. No matter what happens with them, this has had repercussions in the legal community. Um, your story looks at what are some of the lessons learned, and what can what can law firms do? What did you find were the key issues as you dove into this, Tam? Well, I think one of the reasons that this has made such a splash and, and got people nervous is it hits at, at several areas that are, you know, weaknesses. Um, uh, it highlights three particular um, challenges in information security at law firms. Um, first is the sort of tug of war between um, the need for securing information and keeping conf- uh, client information confidential but at the same time, the need to share knowledge among your attorneys, particularly as these law firms get bigger and bigger, and they are touting, you know, their ability, their their sort of cross cross functional knowledge and and the knowledge base that they have within the firm. Obviously, they want to take advantage of that, while at the same time keeping client information confidential. Um, it's becoming a bigger issue, I think, all the time. Um, the second issue is how how critical it is for law firms to have detailed, clearly thought out IT security policies as well as their physical security policies. It seemed to me in my reporting that maybe law firms aren't as far along in that area as corporate America, Um, not only to have those policies in place, but to have someone in the firm with clear authority to implement them, to enforce them, to monitor compliance with them and to continually update them and make sure they're up to speed on the latest security uh, protocols. And then finally, um, the incident really shows how firms need to pay more attention to threats from inside the law firm. And that's a theme also in corporate America. I I don't think any company, um, but especially no law firm, wants to think that one of their own would be a criminal and would be, you know, stealing information from them. But it happens, I think, a lot more often than we know. You know, that raises a good question because um, one of one of the folks we spoke to 
suggested that maybe this wasn't such a big problem, but you did a wonderful sidebar where you you know you listed just in the last few months some of the cases that have been come to the public's eye or been resolved. Do you think, Tam, there might be more that people just aren't talking about because they don't want it to get out or they're afraid? Yes, I do. And I had several sources tell me that pretty much. Um, you know, the, the uh, some of the government uh, organizations have been, you know, really aggressive in the last couple of years to ferret out insider trading. And I think we've seen that, you know, these cases at law firms. Um, but some of the people that I talked to said, well, we only know about these because the SEC or the U.S. attorney has arrested and charged people, you know, if it it could be going on and, you know, if a law firm were to find out, they certainly was, were, wouldn't tell anybody unless they were legally obligated to or there was a regulatory, you know, in, there were regulations that said they had to. And I don't think there are, except maybe in a couple of states there might be under certain circumstances. Well, we're going to take a quick break before we come back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the recommendations that uh, our sources gave us in terms of what law firms can concretely do. Um, We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our wonderful sponsor, LexisNexis Firm Manager. You've heard of Firm Manager. You've seen ads for Firm Manager. Now you can try Firm Manager free for 30 days at www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Firm Manager is the web-based matter management application from LexisNexis that lets you run your practice anywhere, anytime, including your desktop, laptop, mobile phone, or iPad. Take the free 30-day trial today at www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN and spend less time focusing on clerical work and more time on practicing law. If you like listening to Law Technology Now, you might also like the podcast, The Kennedy Mall Report on LegalTalkNetwork.com. And we are back. This is Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News. And I'm with Tam Harbert, who is the author of our June cover story, Catch Me If You Can. Um, Tam, we're talking about the aftermath of the recent insider trading scandals that affected uh, Wilson Sonsini, uh, Skadden, and uh, Cravath. Um, one of the themes that came out of your story was the, the, the dilemma that many of the firms are facing between, on the one hand, having document management systems that encourage collaboration and especially encourage collaboration from sources that might not be obvious in the firm versus the need or the temptation or the paranoia to want to, oh my goodness, we've got to lock everything down. Mm-hmm. What was the sense that you got from your sources on how how they are uh, dealing with that dilemma? Well, I think I got a sense that they many of them are conflicted about dealing with it. I mean, it, it, it's, I got a sense that no one really has the, the uh, easy answer to this because it truly is a, a dilemma uh, across all their systems, not just document management systems, but um, time entry systems, you know, file sharing, um, 
all sorts of different kinds of IT systems have information and uh, it's, you know, you could really, you can't lock everything down. Um, you want people to be able to, to get to information easily when they need it. Um, so it's really a, a dilemma. They, you, the only way to be absolutely safe, one of my sources told me, was if you had one computer locked in a room, literally locked in a room, and you only, and it wasn't on the network, and you had all the information on the hard drive in that computer, and you just used keys or a card entry system for certain people to be allowed into that room to see the information that was on that computer. And apparently that's been done, but you can't do that with everything. Nah, not in real life anymore. <laughs> in fact, one of the sources was suggesting that that part of the thing that can be so challenging is the idea that if you if you're presenting your firm, and I would think this would probably be a real factor for boutique firms. If you're selling your firm and differentiating yourself from other firms by saying, look, we have this cross-discipline approach and we're going to to be creative and we're going to have collaboration options that you need that openness. Um, but the, one of the things that jumped out at me about this situation was that Kluger allegedly didn't even open the DMS files. He simply right. looked at the labels, if you will, on them. So that brings us to my next question, which is, you know, there are sociopaths everywhere, and many of them are very, very smart. What, you know, is it possible to protect yourself, you know, my feeling is no, you know, you're never, people who are really, really smart, especially at these top, top, top level firms, because they're getting the best and the brightest, some of them are not cases. And how do you, how do you screen? How do you, how do you prevent this? How do you prevent desperation? And a couple of your sources had some great ideas on that. Can you share that with us? Um, well, I think one of the one of the things that uh, came became clear is, uh, as you said, you, you can use all the technology you want, but some people are just going to be able to do this. So one of the things that uh, people suggest is let's return back to ethics training, just reminding people, perhaps you know, screening a little bit more carefully the people that you're hiring. But a whole new emphasis on, you know, ethics and uh, uh, mentoring of young attorneys and just sort of trying to inject more of the, you know, traditional ethical values. It's easier. The other thing I think that's important is it's easier perhaps to do this now with all the information that's available. Very good point. I thought uh, Ted Banks, uh, who um, was formerly with, with Kraft Foods and now it has a compliance and competition consultants and also is of counsel to a Chicago law firm, had a couple of really good ideas, one of which was, you know, make sure that the law firms have effective uh, uh, employee assistance programs. You know, perhaps in some situations, folks are so desperate for money, you know, obviously at the level some of these folks are allegedly doing it, a credit union isn't going to happen. But it might be that that one step that, that, that they can't resist for temptation 
may have been something out of desperation. Maybe an emergency loan fund might have helped it. Um, and and also, like you said, the vetting and the and, and the uh, uh, better screening at hiring. But ultimately, it's human nature. I don't think it's possible to completely screen out you know, folks who are bad actors. No, no. And that's, that's why, you know, I think one of the things that law firms have to think very carefully about in the future is monitoring their employees more closely. There's software, um, a lot of technology available that can monitor literally everything you do on the system. Um, and, um, Corporations have adopted that. It's, it's controversial. Sometimes employees really don't like that. And I'm sure at the uh, law firms, there's going to be people that really don't like that. But uh, you can you can use that technology to just monitor what people are doing. Um, and then the key, there's also a human element there, though, that the software only records. You have to actually have somebody uh, watching that and auditing it and seeing what people are doing. One of the things I found really interesting are these software programs that can monitor patterns of behavior and that suddenly if all of a sudden you're you're moving files where you didn't before, that can send out a red flag and an alert. Um, right. Well, we're running out of time. We could, as I always say, this is such a fascinating situation, Tam. We could talk for hours on it. If one of, If someone in our audience wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way they could reach you? Um, they can reach me at my email, which is tam at tamharbert.com. So that's tam, T-A-M, with a T, at tamharbert.com. Well, Tam, thank you very much. It's just been an absolute pleasure to uh, have you here. Um, and it's been a wild discussion. I just am so fascinated by this topic. Yeah, and thank I think- you very much. I'm fascinated by it, too. It's been a really interesting story to do. And I think we'll see more of it in the future, I'm sure. Want to do a shout out to our sponsor, Firm Manager from LexisNexis. Also want to thank, as always, our team in New York, which is David Jasper, David Snow, Jill Winwer in Boston, Luann Reeb, Scott Hess, Mike Hockman, and Kate Kenny. Uh, you can find us, as always, on three different venues at www.lawtechnologynow.com at www.legaltalknetwork.com and because we're so cool on iTunes. I'm Monica Bay and want you to remember that there's no crying in baseball or technology. We will see you in July. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today. 